0: They may be called the next generation, but they're the church of today. Reach, disciple, and mobilize students to share the hope of the gospel. This is Next Gen On Mission with Shane Pruitt and Paul Wooster.
1: Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Next Gen On Mission podcast. I am Shane Pruitt, National Next Gen Director for the North American Mission Board. Always with me is my co-host, my brother, Paul Wooster, who is our National Collegiate Director with the North American Mission Board. What's up, Paul? How are you doing today, man?
0: What's going on, man? Hey, I noticed something on your Instagram. You had your two-year anniversary of what? What was that, Shane? That was was a pretty interesting Of
1: running, man. Of running. (laughs) Yes, yes. You know, I started running during Shelter in Place um, and mainly uh, for like mental health reasons, you know, just to get out. You know, when, uh, I mean, you and I, we travel so much. And yeah. so that first like probably three to four weeks at home was, I was like, that's just awesome. And then I felt like a caged animal, you know what I mean? And so I started running and I think my first run, I got about 10 yards in and was ready to pass out. But it's been yeah. a fun journey since then, man, to keep running. And uh, yeah, man. And then you here recently, man, like, cause you are like a, a skateboarder, like you're a surfer, but you picked the skateboard back up and you're doing like some sick tricks, man. I didn't know you were like Paul, Tony Hawk, Wooster, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, uh,
0: you know, it's that I'm I'm 38, so my wife is like, hey, it's about that time. Hopefully, this is as bad as the midlife crisis gets. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah that's right. Yeah. Was she like,
1: hey, uh, was she checking the insurance policy before she gave you permission to go do yeah, that? You and
0: know? I I wear all the pads. So my son is oh, yeah. 10 years old. So we'll go to the skate park together and we'll both be like completely padded up. Wrist guards, helmet, knee
1: pads and so oh yeah i see you man you're like you look like iron man out there but dude you are doing some crazy tricks man it's awesome yeah if my wife had had her
0: way i would have one of those big plastic bubbles out there yeah that's right that's right
1: well hey god bless you man i can't even stand on a skateboard without just like (laughs) totally breaking my back for sure hey well paul i'm so excited about our guest today it's a good friend of mine, and just really a good friend of NAM and our Jensen team, and that is Chris Trent. Chris is a longtime student pastor at Johnson Ferry in Georgia, which is a great, great church, but now he serves as the next gen catalyst for the Georgia Baptist Convention. Um, he's also a, a father, a husband, an author. Um, but most importantly than anything, just a follower of Jesus. And one thing I love about Chris is he has a heart for the gospel, um, and he has a heart for next gen leaders to influence those who are influencing a generation with the gospel. So, Chris Trent, welcome to the Next Gen on po- Mission Podcast, my man.
2: Man, this is this is awesome. Although I, I feel completely uh, intimidated after hearing the running. Conversation and the skateboarding conversation. <laughs> I feel like I'm out of place here because I do neither one of those things. But I love you guys, and it's it's a blessing to be a part of this thing.
0: Hey, I well, see the awesome. the dartboard in the background, so you know. Darts, yeah, well, this
2: is my son's extreme, room that I took over when he went sport. off to college. You yeah. know, made it in my office, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was
1: gonna point uh, you pointed out the dartboard. I was gonna point out the guitar. Can you yeah, play more of guitar an artist than anything? Law?
2: Yeah, more of a music <laughs> yeah. guy. So uh, anyway. yeah, 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 nice, man.
1: yeah. Well, hey, that's cool. You got a guitar. Paul used to have a surfboard in his background, oh, good. and yeah. the running joke was that surfboard had means seen more Zoom calls than waves. Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: good. That's good. Well, it's been a hot minute since this one's seen anything. It started out yeah. years ago playing. Lord, I left your name on high with my youth group. Yep. You know, back oh, on my God. I'm trying to brag. I, can't. I, I almost got it. Camp yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. yeah so. Camp
1: great. Awesome. Well, hey Chris, before we get too spiritual, man, tell us one fun fact
2: about Chris Trent that we may not already know that oh, we man. need to know. I don't think it's it's too much of a secret, but uh, I I I do magic as a hobby. That's kind of I a did, weird.
1: I did not know that. You did? Yeah. Awesome.
2: So I'm totally yeah. into it, man. For my buddies with guys like Jared Hall, some of those guys that oh, travel yeah, and course. do it, but. I'd be be what's called an amateur magician, you know. Um, I used to get one event a year where I'd get paid a little bit to do it at this local school. But, yeah, man, it's something I'm just totally into. A member of a a local magic club, which is totally nerdy. Um, You can only (laughs) imagine what that's like. Uh, It's probably exactly what you think a bunch of people standing around doing tricks on each other. That's cool. Uh, But I tell you, it's been a great tool to have in my back pocket on mission trips, but also just with teenagers, especially as I got older. I didn't have as much in common obviously you know as a 40 something year old especially uh back in the day and so have you know to have a little car trick or something that was always fun so it's it's good good little hobby i guess
1: yeah i love that stuff you know when like there's an event and say if i'm speaking at it and there's a um, an illusionist which yeah, i man. think is like the christian version for saint magician you know that's it well, yeah, I don't know yeah. depending on that. where you're at you're an, an illusionist, illusionist. Yeah. yeah an <laughs> illusionist yeah it's like the sanctified way of saying magician but uh yeah, but i love that stuff man like you know i'm like oh i, I geek out well, over it i think well, next, cool. time we, so next time we next time we're together other, we'll jam. Jam. i'll, I'll teach you something yep.
2: you can do on your kids too man that's always heck fun. yeah dude heck yeah let's do it <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that's incredible man i love it so can you show us one right now on the yeah on no the that's call? not gonna happen yeah yeah, yeah okay
1: yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay so let's jump into the serious questions what do we need to know about generation z and
2: that's that, that's great that's uh that's a great place to start i think for sure you know here here's where i would start i would say believe the stats the stats that we're hearing you know like um recently Washington Post talking about how nearly half of the Gen Z group said that schooling is incredibly hard for them whenever they were surveyed the Washington Post article mm-hmm. talked about and then you look at articles coming out of like the Wall Street Journal that talk about how uh, just struggles with anxiety is out there and mm-hmm. you know we hear those things and I think as adults a lot of times we're like really the kids really have it A lot harder. I mean, honestly, it's always been tough, but I think there's something unique about this generation when it comes to what they're going through, especially when you add two major, major moments in history, one being uh, internet and technology Mm -hmm. that's tied to that through smartphones and devices. And then even within that phenomenon you have things like social media and the impact of that i think we all know that i don't think that's like oh well i've never thought about that Mm. uh but you add that into a pandemic which we've never experienced before Uh, i think you'd have to go way back to kids that are going through moments of like my dad is off at war to have those type of impact you know so you add those things Mm. together and then you hear articles come out like in the wall street journal talk about how uh, this generation is dealing with anxiety more than any other generation. Right. So, so I say, believe the stats, but here's the key for me. I think what that does is that creates also an incredibly unique opportunity for us as Christ followers to give them something that they desperately need. And that's hope in Jesus. Right. Um, It it seems like, and I know uh, Shane, you and I've had these conversations and as you've been just so blessed in the last year of your travels, it just feels like every event, every, whether it be small or big kids yeah. are responding to the gospel in ways that we've just not seen in a while. It feels no like, doubt. right. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and, and so I, I would say when it comes to thinking about this next year, but believe that they're different, believe that there's real struggles, authentic struggles there, but also recognize their genuine need for Christ. And I think an openness to it that exists. as Yeah. Well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I would agree. Even, um, some of these things can also be advantageous to gospel conversations and Mm -hmm. breaking through some of the, what used to be, and still is a thing, the cool, the cool factor. And the, like, it seems like there's, you're able to, at least I've noticed, I've been able to really engage younger people with the gospel directly, even, even if they're anxious or whatever, it's still like we can have that relevant real conversation and so um, the gospel is still relevant, and we're still able to, um, to engage them on that level. So well, let's talk about your story, Chris. Um, we, we love, Shane and I love just how fired up you are about knowing Christ, making him known, reaching the next generation. You've given your life to this. Um, so can you just share a little bit of your story and how God's built that passion in your life?
2: Yeah, you know, it, it, starts, it starts for me in a moment, my dad, we owned a service station, you know, way back in the day, like the classic service station where you, nice. you know, pump gas and, you know, my dad loads me up in our El Camino, uh, not kidding. Uh, and, uh, drives me down to twin Hill park. I, I, I didn't mean to make a joke as I'm about to say something real serious, but you know, it lets me know my mom and dad are getting a divorce. Right. So that's in like middle school that that takes place for me. And we were unchurched. I didn't know Christ. I, I grew up in the South. So, uh, Definitely, you know, had heard of Jesus and been to maybe a VBS or two, uh, but definitely didn't have a relationship with Jesus and didn't have any consistent influence. And like so many other people, whenever something hard comes into your life, you start trying to fill that void with everything else. So what I I like to say is I'm I'm completely a product of youth ministry uh, because it was at the end of my junior year that a youth pastor in my town reached out to me and said, hey, would you like to go to youth camp? Mm -hmm. And I said yes to that. I went up to Ridgecrest, North Carolina to centrifuge. And it was that week that I understood what it meant to follow Jesus. And so, and it was literally weeks after that, that I started looking at my youth pastor, uh, first kind of being blown away that you could get paid to do that. Uh, Uh but then, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but then second, just looking at him and going, I want to do what you do. Like I, Mm -hmm. this is, this, that looks like a fun, worthwhile life to live there, you know? So for me, that's how it started, man. And he was such a great mentor and discipler in that way. It helped me, you know, where to go to college. And then I was blessed, you know, outside of that with just other folks that helped me sort of figure out what it meant uh, to follow, follow Jesus. But more importantly for me, well, not more importantly, but for me, just what it meant to follow Jesus as a person serving in ministry, you know, and helping me figure out those steps
1: yeah that's awesome, Chris. Continuing on like with your story. I love that. Um, tell us about, um, your time as a student pastor, because what I love, what we're talking about, you know, even in this time is going to be, you know, like ministry for the long haul. Um, yeah, and you've yeah. been doing next gen ministries for a long time. And we we all know those statistics out there of, you know, uh, the two to three years uh, bouncing yeah, from church yeah, to rough. church, ministry to yeah. ministry. So tell us about your time as a student pastor and then now what you're doing now at Georgia Baptist to really mobilize next gen leaders for the yeah, long haul.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, that really started, Shane, for me, like in, I had a, had a mentor in college. I was an intern uh, at Redemption Church in Mobile, Alabama, Mm -hmm. uh, right before Ed Ed Linton got there actually, but Mm -hmm. served there for three years. And I had this one mentor, Mike Cook, and he would say to me things about longevity. And I had no idea the seeds that he was planting in my life, but, Mm -hmm. you know, he talked about, he would say things like to me, hey, you know, A lot of people say that the first two years is your honeymoon in working at a church. But I'm here to tell you that it's after two years that it starts to get good. And at five years, it gets sweet, right? (laughs) So it was interesting because I left college. And what I ended up having a goal, Wendy and I, we went out to Southwestern Seminary. And we intentionally did not apply for any churches uh, when we got out there. And the reason for that was I had no intention of staying in Texas, Shane. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> I know no, you live right, yeah. rather close Come to where on. I live. Come on, like, man, was, Texas is the greatest nation oh, in the world, okay, man. Now I, say, now I say I'm glad I lived there. But at the time, I wasn't yeah, yeah. on board, right? Yeah. I had not discovered the greatness of Tex-Mex, but now I understand. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But, but so, so we went out there and we intentionally did not interview because we did not want to take a church for like two years and then leave and come Mm -hmm. back, you Mm -hmm. know, to the South or whatever. But sure enough, a church over in Garland, which is Northeast of the the whole Metroplex there uh, reached out to me and we went into that church with a goal of seeing at least one a group of students graduate from seventh Good. grade all the way through. And what yeah. God ended up allowing us to do was seeing three of those uh, go all the way wow. through. Because we yeah. were there for like almost uh, right around eight years. And uh, before that led to Johnson Ferry, uh, where I uh, came on board here in Marietta, Georgia, right outside of mm-hmm. kind of north of Atlanta. And that opportunity was to be the middle school pastor. And I always had that leaning towards middle school ministry. And mm. yeah. man, before you knew it, uh, it was you know, we ended up being there a lot of years, you know, yeah. like 16 years when it was all wow. said and done and started off as the middle school pastor for majority of the time was the middle school pastor in the last few years Functioned as the student pastor uh mm-hmm. there as well. And thought I was going to be there for a long time, but God opened this door with Georgia Baptist. And so for me, what it, it allows me to do is to help youth pastors and churches experience longevity with their staff. And because man, I think the question was why is longevity important? Well, what I can tell you is the relationships that are built with students. And more importantly, I would say even with your volunteers and your workers, right? If you have if you have leadership that is stable for a long time, it's going to make a huge difference with the impact that you can make. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm telling you, man, like uh so it's been like 14 months ago now. When we left, this is gonna sound terrible as a youth pastor we kind of missed the kids a little bit, you know? No. Yeah. <laughs> but who I missed were all my leaders. Of mm, course. I mean, that, yeah. That's who I missed, you know, yeah. because that's where all those uh, seeds were planted and all that work was done. And they were partners with us in our work there, you know? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, man, that's kind of my heartbeat for sure. And want to see that number change from that two year, the two year and out thing, man, I, I want to see that continue to change. Where because it's even great for their families. I mean, there's so many of layers course. to this thing, of course. Uh, yeah, you know, so
1: yeah, and Chris, I mean, you know, I know myself, Paul, you, we've been around so many events, we've been around so many different churches, so many different ministries. Is that I can tell there is a vast difference between teenagers and college students that have had long tenured uh, leaders versus. Students who have had one leader after another, like there's just a difference in, uh, and one of the biggest difference it's is total. a trust for leadership. Yeah, like yeah. if they've had long tenured leadership, they'll trust you as a leader. If they've had one leader after another, they don't, because they're like, well, hey, what do you care? You'll be gone in a year or two anyway. You know what I mean? Like there's just a difference there.
2: Yeah. Big time. Well, yeah, and so there was another study that came out of the Spring Tide Institute. Uh, oh, yeah. It was a religious study. Great study. But one of the mm-hmm. things, one of the phrases they coined was relational authority. Oh, and the wow. idea of relational authority is this idea that the only reason I'm going to give you a th- the current generation of teenagers, right? The only reason I'm going to give you authority in my life to speak into my life is if there is a relationship there.
1: Right. Right. And that's yep.
2: changed. Like in the past teenagers yep. would would respect adults and allow adults to speak to their yeah. life just because they were authoritative yeah. adults or whatever. I'm the dad. I said so. I'm the dad. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but now there's a different mindset. Yeah, it's yeah, that's so, right. Man, if that's, that's true, yeah. longevity is going to matter because you're going to have to build up you're going to have to build up, you know, stability with, with these mm-hmm. students and
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh it, it's going to make a huge difference, but I'm with you, man. I, I can see the difference myself. And, and even mm-hmm. traveling around Georgia, the student yep. ministries that are incredibly healthy uh, tend to be the ones that have longevity on their staff. Yeah, and not no just doubt. youth pastors, but pastors yeah. and worship pastors across the board. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. just good all the way around. No doubt. And so Chris, you know, with that
1: in mind, I mean, we know that, the Lord moves people around. We know the Lord moves his shepherds. We know that. So some guys uh, are going to go plant a church or, or you know, go be a, a lead pastor, or maybe God calls them to another next-gen ministry in a local context, or or God moves uh, ladies around and leaders, and, and so it, we know it happens. But mm-hmm. for those who are saying, you know what, I want to plant my life here. Unless the Lord moves me, I want to plant my life here. I want to be uh in this ministry. I want to be in this context for the long haul. What are uh, just a couple of like practical like ministry hacks you would share? What are some like just practical uh things that they need to do for longevity? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think I think it's a, there's a whole lot of things uh that we could talk about right now that are that are on my heart with that. Things like you know, getting along with your pastor, you know, supporting Mm. your pastor. There are things like that, that I think make a huge, huge difference, but, uh, you know, when I looked at the questions ahead of time, just to kind of prepare, you know, you got, I hope that's not a secret that y'all send out the questions. <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But, uh,
1: <laughs> this is completely spirit led in the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: totally.
1: like, the Lord, Lord, what shall we ask next? Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And yeah. Then,
2: yeah. Well, I'll tell you the thing that came to my mind, if I could, I started thinking along as well, I'm only going to be able to talk about one or two, right? So yeah. the You're thing right. I wrote right. down first is, man, the secret of the sauce is volunteers. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Just... If there's a hack to be had, it's understanding that as a youth pastor, this model of I'm going to roll into whatever church and do this big Wednesday night program that's completely surrounded by you know, my personality and my yeah. ability to do fun games and all of that. We just know based on experience, years of experience, that it just doesn't work. Uh, not long-term. Now I say it doesn't work. Obviously you got the right personality and you get the right games and the right giveaways. You might can draw a crowd, Mm -hmm. but is it a crowd that's genuinely, uh, being discipled and growing in the Lord? That's, that's where it starts to get a little tricky, but I think when it comes to longevity, when you do that and you go in as sort of that pie Piper type of mindset, you know, I'm going to be that guy that doesn't whatever, uh, uh, the problem is, is you're only going to be able to sustain that energy for so long. Right. And that typically yeah. is about two to three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, yeah. we're, that's what, yeah. and that's what we're seeing, right? Yeah. We see that that's yeah. where the change is. So after a couple of years, you know, you've already gone through your bag of tricks and you just cannot maintain mm-hmm. that. And then also in addition to that, uh, parents start, they, they put up with that the first couple of years because they're so excited about it, you know, about the draw, but they realize maybe, uh, you're not that organized, Mm-hmm. yeah you're just focused, mm-hmm. or whatever, and it's, yeah. so that starts to pile up on you as well. Um, and, and so that's where it's just crucial that you build relationships with adults, right? And that you surround your ministry with people who care, that you train them well, uh, that you trust them. Um, I mean, some of my best friends have been like when it comes to youth workers that volunteer for me, and the people that have the biggest impact are the ones. That are youth workers. And I'm going to tell you, man, right. we, we ought to strive to be youth pastors that when something bad goes down in a kid's life, we're not the first person they call. Wow. But um, rather, their that. volunteers are the first person they call. I, I love that's that. That yeah, Sunday morning good, life group leader, whoever that is. Yep. I mean, that, and yeah, you get a phone call from the life group leader, you know, but yep. you're, that shouldn't bother us. That We should celebrate that. Like, right. that's Yes. Because right. yes. yes. again, it goes back to that springtide study, relational mm-hmm. authority. I love that. We have to build relationships. That means you, Unless you're just like significantly more awesome than Jesus, you're going to have to have. You're, really, you're still trying to figure yeah. out whether or not you are. am I or am no, I not? Just, even, even
0: even hearing that statement just makes you cringe, you know. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think about that. Here's the: th- He had a close relationship with twelve, you know, mm-hmm. and so in youth ministry, let's say you have 25 or 30, well, you're really only going to be able to significantly disciple or build relationships with around 12, you know? So at least that's kind of what I think, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's where I think it's just so important. Huge, huge, huge importance there. Yeah. I love that. um, And
0: even if you have a good set of volunteers that are well-trained that love students, they're going to be there for a long time. Even if God calls you, Somewhere else, yes. You've mm-hmm. you've set up that ministry; it's still in good hands, assuming that mm-hmm. the new guy doesn't come in and blow it all up.
2: <laughs> but well, yeah, totally. Um, well, can can you imagine a scenario where you leave and the ministry barely misses a beat? Yeah, you know, because yep. you've just created you you've surrounded yourself with people that they just step in and continue to do what they already do because it's not based on you and you alone. So, yeah.
0: Mm. So that kind of leads to our next question. What are some of the pitfalls that you've seen, especially next gen leaders um, fall into as, you know, in just preventing them from finishing well in this space?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think the natural thing for anybody listening, uh, would we would automatically go to, you know, the potential for mor- moral failure, right? Uh, Cause we, we all know folks, we all know stories of, of, uh, of youth pastors and ministers, pastors, worship pastors across the board. Uh, so when I talk in in the book that I wrote on longevity, I I talk about the fact that you need to make sure you've got those guardrails up in your life and you need to make sure that you're, you know, committed to those, uh, you know, because I think, again, you've just got to make sure you're protecting yourself, uh, with that. Um, but I think another, another area that I think is worth talking about when it comes to experiencing longevity is, you know, when you start out and you're 25 years old and you don't have kids and you're not making much money and all of that is really exciting. But once you start having family and your mm-hmm. wife, if you're a guy, youth pastor, your wife's role changed. Now, I know not all youth pastors are are, are male. I mean, we right. have got females that are doing a great job as, mm-hmm. at that as well. So I want to make sure I acknowledge that and not completely throw everybody in the same boat there, but I'm a guy and I think about guys and I think about guy youth pastors that have families. And Mm -hmm. when I think about that, man, I, one of the struggles I've seen youth pastors have over the years that have been a stumbling block for them is when all of a sudden those kids start coming, they don't make the adjustment very well to being a youth pastor that has kids in their family, Mm -hmm. you know, and my wife will tell you uh, how her role, just completely changed she wasn't the you know the youth pastor youth pastor's wife with no kids uh you know like she was now she had a toddler i mean first time we showed up to camp dude i I remember i'll never forget this moment Mm. hattiesburg mississippi we're doing our own camp we roll into camp with buses full of kids I'm the camp director for the entire camp. Plus, I'm in charge of my group. And as we get off, I look at my wife and she's got her suitcase, my son Dylan's suitcase, who's like, you know, a year old, uh, a diaper bag, uh, bedding for both of them, uh, pack and play, all of those things. And I'm supposed to leave now at this point, you know, I'm a dad and I'm a husband and I'm like, well, how am I going to take care of her and get her to her cabin Mm -hmm. Which is awesome that she's even coming in the first place. But I also have to be the camp director and get my kids to their cabin. I mean, it was like a just crazy moment, you know, (laughs) that we had to completely adjust and learn how to do that. And Mm -hmm. and I figured out how to take advantage of leaders in my group to help me with those moments because they understood because we wanted her to be around, you know, for that. So, but learning how to adapt when family comes, I mean, just, just huge. I mean, you guys know what that's like. I mean, y'all have kids. yeah. Yeah. Travel and, you got to make the best, you know, of, of your time with your, yeah, your family. Great. and Make sure that's healthy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that problem-solving ability is is a key skill that I think ministry leaders we should even have training on that, helping leaders to zoom out and think about all the alternatives to solve the problem. Not that kids are a problem, <laughs> but no, if they, they do, not. they do, they do present some unique challenges and opportunities that we need to, we need to take advantage of. And there's so many, like I've, I served in the collegiate space. And so we've been able to actually get a lot of different help and find different ways to um, maximize that as an opportunity for Christy to invest in young women. And, uh, and so and even kind of tag team, I'll, I'll be with the kids. Yeah. Um, and she'll go meet with with ladies, and she'll do ministry. And then we'll kind of, so there's there's lots of different ways. It's just a matter of figuring it out and, and problem solving that. So. Yeah, and I
2: think and I think Paul too would just be anticipating those things as well. Mm, yeah, you try to t- try to identify those seasons of your life that are going to be coming, because just as much as the season was when I had toddlers, the impact that that had, it was a completely different season when my kids started playing baseball. Yeah, uh, it was a completely different season whenever all of a sudden I had teenagers of my own in my youth ministry, you know, that's like, mm-hmm. poosh, you know, that was crazy days. And so yeah. now we're in that season of kids going off to college, you know, so it's all these things, but he anticipated those and adjusting with the mindset that my, my goal is to serve in ministry as long as I possibly can. Uh, uh So I want to make sure I make those adjustments well. And, and, and like you said, okay. Paul, I mean solve those problems when they come about and not allow, allow those to be, Uh, To feed it. You know, and part of that also, man, is just anticipating the fact that, you know, I write about this. I'll throw one more in just as a bonus, real quick. Um, uh, You're going to have to live a life of simplicity when it comes to finances, because even if you're at a big church, you're still, when you're in your 30s, you're going to be making less than the average. 30-year-old that has gone to school as much as you maybe That's have right. gone to school yeah mm-hmm. so so you know we always joke and i don't mean this as a judgment on what people drive it's just a way to model it right. we're kia people not honda people i'm not anti-honda people mm-hmm. just to be clear uh they're actually really sweet i wish i could have got one but i mean you know, <laughs> they have more bells and whistles but we made an intentional decision yeah. to, to drive a kia because we could save some money yeah. in that area and spend that money in other ways like mm-hmm. vacation or whatever so it's making those kind of decisions all those things I think play into longevity because yes. there is going to be that moment where you're like man we're struggling trying to figure out how to mm. how to do all this so
0: yeah and one thought that came to mind Chris is even just you've been through all those different seasons And uh, there are, I'm saying this kind of to our audience, our listeners, there are other leaders that have been through those seasons. You're not the first um, 25 year old that has a newborn baby that's getting three hours of sleep, but still has to write that talk for tonight. Mm -hmm. You're not the first person that's been through that. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so write a
2: seminary paper with your kid on your lap.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) we've like, we've been there. And so there are leaders in, um, in your life. And if you don't have one, man, email us, we'll, we'll connect you with some people in your state, in your region that can really, um, encourage you and help you problem solve. You don't, the great thing about, um, teachability is you don't have to learn, all the lessons the hard way okay mm-hmm. that's the only yeah it's yeah. the only shortcut to success in life and so i love that um, it's true. i just i just think about there's there's guys like chris out there that have so much wisdom to offer mm-hmm. and let's
2: let's tap into that i've guys. never said you know paul i've never said no mm-hmm. to 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 some guy that wants to hang out you know like yeah, you know, yeah. can yeah, i take you to lunch him. heck yeah let's do this you know mm-hmm. unless you're trying to sell me on your product because that's that's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> I say no to those people now all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but for real, man, like uh, it, most people will say yes. That, Paul, oh, I think you're right. You're on to something. They're big. And and, and that'd be a, a, a piece of advice there would be to say if you're sitting back right now thinking, man, I just wish I had friends that were also in youth ministry, instead of sitting back and waiting for somebody to reach out to you, you reach out to somebody. Yeah. And just and see if you could take somebody to lunch or have coffee. And just ask those questions. I've been, I'm still a product. I'm a product of mentoring as well. I've had great mentors, but I've chased after those people in my life and asked them uh, to to help. And I think that's huge, man. Mm -hmm. That's
0: great. So our next question here is, what advice would you give churches that are looking to hire a youth pastor or a college pastor? Good luck. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, pray. He's out. yeah he's out. pray
2: yeah uh yeah. man it's hard you guys know it's hard y'all getting the same yep. phone calls I. I can just tell everybody yep. listening uh that's not in denominational work like it like we deal with here in georgia and even guys that work for nam i i, I get two to three calls or emails a yep. week easily. of course yep and the problem is, is the well seems to be dry. And lots mm. of us have, have had conversations about that as to why. Uh, maybe that has something to do with the pandemic and how many people we lost. It probably has more to do with the fact that in the last 10 years, somewhere along the line, we stopped calling out the call the way we should. For or sure. Stop mentoring. Right? Absolutely. Shane, I know you're yep. hard about that. I think there's a lot yep. coming out about that. As I've heard. Product. I've heard. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, because we recognize, so that's that's what we're doing in Georgia. Every camp or event we do, we give an opportunity. Plus, we've also created that opportunity for kids to respond mm-hmm. and go through a mentor process, mentoring process with us. You know, discipleship process uh, with us. But that said, uh, that doesn't answer the question: How do you find that youth pastor? I think a lot of churches are having to figure out how to raise those people from within their own church.
1: Uh, yep.
2: and also recognizing that maybe you don't have to have a full-time paid, uh, person to do that. Uh, you just find the right, uh, team of parents to, to do that with the right, right leader that can kind of function maybe almost bivocationally. Uh, so that's huge. I think you just, outside of that though, you've just got to, you've just got to work the phones hard and just continue to try to find, uh, the right people from the right places, meaning you're going to have to look at seminaries, and they've uh, yeah, recently talked to one of the presidents, and he was talking about when you when you narrow it down to how many people he actually has that's going to come out of seminary going into youth ministry, it's a few, people yeah, right, each year. Yeah. Uh, so you have to be will, be willing to look at different colleges, and you have to be willing to look at different churches. I do think this, though, I I will say that the churches that are healthiest. And are taking uh, the best care. I don't I don't mean necessarily paying the much, yep. the pay, paying the most. Although the money part does matter, right? But the days of like just paying your staff peanuts and being able to yep. get away that's with right. that, that's probably not gonna work as much anymore, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. the guys and girls that are good, they're gonna find a gig and they're gonna find a well mm-hmm. loved, good, you know, good paying gig and a healthy church as well. So I think all of those things. You know, sort of, sort of play into that, uh, but in all seriousness, though, I mean, just pray, 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 and I know that sounds like a minister type answer, but honestly, mm-hmm. just praying for True. that right person to come in, and uh, I haven't met with—I I will say this too, Paul—I I, have met with a couple of search committees as part of my my new gig, mm-hmm. and it's interesting how sometimes I sit down with search committees and. There doesn't seem to be a clear vision for what they're actually looking for in the of course. first place. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly right. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of that, I think, is pandemic fault. But I think a lot of it is that part of their mindset at times uh, is that we just want somebody to come in and take care of our students and keep them happy. You know, yeah, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Or, or, or reach a bunch yeah. of kids.
1: Mm. And there's just
2: got to be a bigger vision than that. Yeah, and that kind of comes full circle to the question we started out with. I mean, helping this Gen Z to find Jesus—it's the old model is just not going to work. We've got to do better. Mm -hmm. We've got to do better. I mean, good night, man. They because there's so many other options out there for our teenagers right now that are good Mm -hmm. and fun and exciting and honestly fulfilling in some ways. Yeah, it's not—they're not—it's not Jesus though. You know, so, so yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, a little fired up. Listen, yeah, no, that's a good word,
1: Chris. (laughs) That's a good word. And I mean, we're the same, man. We get, like you said, three to five calls a week. And uh, typically, you know, they they all go, you know, hey Shane, I'm looking for a stud, a rock yeah, star. You know, it's one of guy. those, right? Hey, I, I, yeah. I need a stud. <laughs> I need a rock star. You know, and it's like, I, hey, we're you know like a preferred MDiv, yep. You know, can preach, yep. organize, lead a team, all like be on the campus, make a revival happen with a beautiful you know? spouse and, and three kids. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they look good on our brochure, you know, and uh, and hey, we're gonna pay them thirty thousand a year you know what i mean it sounds like like, well first of all if i find that person i'm not telling you about them i'm gonna hire (laughs) them so so i think what we really got to do is kind of peel back and go hey we want god called men and women that that meet the qualifications of a leader according to the word of god Mm -hmm. you know And I think another thing too, is like, even when our next gen leaders are in place, our youth pastors, our college pastors is putting some of the pressure on us as leaders to go, who are you raising up that can replace you one day? Because typically what we do is we wait till there's a void. And then as a church, now we got to go hire somebody. And we typically hire somebody from another church. And then now that church is looking. And then they hire somebody from another church and now that church is looking. And so we're kind of shuffling the shepherds around instead of raising up more shepherds, you know? Come on. So, yeah. 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 He's preaching yeah. now. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. No, I think there's, you know, when you write a book, there's a lot of just kind of stays, you know, it starts it. just kind of coming out of your pores. That's well, it. Chris, man, this has been amazing. Hey, we always close our uh next general mission podcast with really the same on Mission Charge. The heart behind this podcast is to see the next generation realize they're really the now generation. They're not the future of the church, but the church right now, that they have a mission now, a calling on their life now. So, Chris, would you give us one closing thought on this and one quick practical next step?
2: Uh, Yeah, I I would say, you know, one of my favorite uh, series that we did uh, when I was doing middle school ministry at Johnson Ferry was a series we did called Young uh, as we thought, as we looked at what I wanted to say to our middle school students, was when you look at scripture, the Bible is full of stories that God used incredibly young people to literally change the world. That's right. When you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were teenagers, mm-hmm. you know, most likely teenagers, you know, Daniel, the age of Daniel, David, when he was chosen to be king. Mary, the mother of Jesus, most likely an older teenager, probably at best. I mean, you look at all of these people. The God, but we don't ever spend a lot of time teaching that that way, and the church doesn't always necessarily approach teenagers with the same in the same heart. I feel like that God approaches teenagers, which is He wants to use them to do really, really big things as well. So, man, when I think about that question, I, I first of all that that's my heartbeat as well. Uh, they are they. They need to be a part of the church right now, uh, and I think as far as like a practical step goes, I would say go deeper with our students. Yeah, uh, the things they're learning in in high school and even in middle school, uh, the depth of like knowledge they have to have to to do math, the kind of math they do and science mm-hmm. they do. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. We don't think they can handle theology come on like you know yeah. i know it's a little star yeah. i sound a little stark here right now but of mm-hmm. course they can't of course mm-hmm. they can uh they can handle that and maybe just maybe we need to work uh well i'm getting a little preachy again uh yeah but uh, maybe we just maybe we need to work better or at, at work harder i should say at teaching them those type of things that we do on what's the funniest game we can come up with yeah, what's that's, the, good. That's, yeah. The next, that's good What's the next it's good gimmick mm-hmm. i can do to get a bunch of kids to come those listen those things matter still I'm yeah, not, i'm not sure, saying they don't matter at sure. all uh but man if i'm spending more time working on my my game idea than i am my yep. sermon prep maybe just maybe
1: <laughs> no doubt
2: <laughs> maybe just you know. probably we're probably yeah. not getting that right you know yeah. and so yep. so mm. yeah yeah man i love that reminds.
0: phrase I love that phrase that Shane uses is let's not dumb it down. Let's train them up. Let's train yeah, the students on, up I love to where that. they need to be. Yeah. So
2: Big time.
0: Uh, Chris, thank you so much. And I know there's um, lots more wisdom you have available that. So what are some ways that people can connect with you? And what was the name of the book that you wrote? Um, yeah. Uh, so, so
2: here's, what's interesting about the book. It's called Consider This, A Youth Minister's Guide to Longevity. It's with mm-hmm. YM360. They've got like 12 copies left right now. And we're in the process of redoing the book and it's going to come out kind of in the later part of 2022. Uh, So it it will be re-released with a new title. It's probably going to be called something to the effect of just longevity. Uh, There'll be some additional thoughts, revisions, uh, especially some thoughts related to pandemic and how to survive that as a youth pastor. Yep. Uh, So, so that's one big way. And then, you can find me on Georgia Baptist Mission Board's website as well. Uh, we've got some resources there that I'm working on, uh, some other podcast type things that we're going to be, uh, and anybody's welcome to use those. But I'm just Chris Trent on Instagram, though. That's probably the best way to kind of find me, or I'm on Facebook mm-hmm. as well because I'm over 50 at this point. So I'm <laughs> definitely still. Here's okay. one thing I'm, I'm worried to death about. It hasn't happened yet. You guys prayed that, but I'm worried about the first time I get spoofed on Facebook. You know, where somebody like t- steals your picture and it yes. makes an account of you. Like it hasn't right. happened yet, but I feel like it happens in your 50s. So I hope it doesn't happen anytime soon. So, uh,
1: That's awesome, Chris. Well, Chris, man, thank you so much for joining us. Just a wealth of just wisdom and knowledge um, that you've shared with us. And we could talk about this stuff for the rest of the day, but man, thank you so much for your time. And friends, yeah, friends, thank you once again for just being a part of the Next Gen Mission conversation, spending your time with us. We pray that this has been a help to you and encouragement to you. Um, Hey, and thank you again for just taking the time to like share about the next channel mission podcast. So if you have any questions on reaching the next generation, please email us at evangelism at nam.net. And we'll try to address those on a future podcast and then continue to just be a champion for this podcast. If you will continue to share it. Hey, if you uh, share on social media or anything like that, be sure to tag Paul and I, uh, or Jen Sends, uh social media, and we'll be sure to reshare your shares because sharing is caring. Also, if you want to watch these conversations, uh, you can now watch the video versions at our YouTube channel. That's Jen Send on YouTube, just G-E-N-S-E-N-D. And we would love uh, for you to be able to watch those videos and share those as well. All right. Hey, we pray you have a great rest of your day and tell somebody about Jesus.